listening to the Testudo Times Podcast, the official podcast of SB Nation's Maryland Terrapins Colossus. And welcome to episode 24 of the Testudo Times Podcast. Maryland's hired a coach. They're about to play another important basketball game. And somebody very important to us has returned from a long absence, although this absence is completely understandable. Alex Kirshner is back. Alex, you have to tell the ladies and gentlemen listening to this show what you were doing last week besides covering Maryland at North Carolina, a coaching search, then Maryland hiring a coach. Yeah, it was a busy week. I took the uh, LSAT, which is the law school test last Saturday because, uh, you know, I have all these trepidations about sports media, so I'm hedging my bets a little bit. And uh, and that was that was a little bit busy. And then Maryland had to go and hire DJ Durkin and also uh, play basketball against North Carolina. So I'm glad I'm back. How much did you drink Saturday when the test was over? I had one beer. I had to work at 7 a.m. the next day. SB so. Nation really isn't treating you the way they should. <laughs> they should have let you go to Bentley's, get absolutely smashed because you deserve it after it's that. Not, it's not in my deal. I don't even think I have a deal. But if I do, that's not. <laughs> you don't deal. have a deal. Yeah. I don't have a deal either. I probably needed something after uh, reading. <laughs> Actually, after yesterday, Moro, so, but that's Sunday Monday. And also joining us is a special guest, somebody I know well. If you follow me on Twitter, you'll know I know him fairly well. He covers, well, he used to cover hockey for the Sporting News. I don't really know what he covers now. Apparently everything. He is also single-handedly responsible for two things that are somewhat reprehensible. Fallout Boy's existence and no Wawa's in College Park, Maryland. Sean Gentili is here. Hello, Sean. Matt, Alex, how we doing? This Terrific. Is, this is very different than the time you and I were in a bar in Fort Lauderdale the night for the NHL draft. Yeah, that was uh, that was that was a slightly different atmosphere here for sure. But we'll we'll try to uh, we'll try to capture the spirit of of the thing uh, as, as as well as we can. There is not many nights when you could say, "Hey, the host of Hockey Night in Canada just walked into this bar we're in." <laughs> That's a bit strange. I can't imagine Ron McLean doing that. <laughs> yeah, I, I imagine a little harder because that sort of stuff has happened, man. It's oh, a, I know, I know it has, small, but I it's still a small think world. I, I still think that the bar we were in, it would have been different. But that's a different, that's another tangent for another day. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes, Sean is here because he went to the University of Maryland, and we like having Maryland folks who have made it in the media world on this show to talk about what it's like. So, Sean, you went to school in the mid two thousands. You now work at the Sporting News. Tell everybody your story for those who haven't heard it. Yeah, I was there from uh, 2004 to 2008, which uh, I'm sure you guys know well. That was a real high point for the basketball program. I, I saw a lot of saw a lot of Nick Caner medley and, and a lot of a lot of NIT games. So it, it was a it was it, it was a it was it was a good time to be around. Um, but no, I, I started I started with Sporting News out of school in 2008, and have uh, held many 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 different jobs all at the same company. Believe it or not, and I know uh, Matt, you kind of said this said this in, in the intro but yeah i don't know i i don't know what my exact role is right now and anymore either no i i, I cover i i cover everything i i write i write about everything i'm you know as close to a columnist as is uh is is you're gonna see i i think in the way stuff's structured there uh right now it's funny because one day you'll write about the penguins and the next day i'll write about cold play it, yeah. it just doesn't make a lot of although it makes sense with That's you but it doesn't make much sense with sports writing so what did you do at maryland uh, to further your goal of writing about everything, <laughs> that's that's a great question. Uh, there's there's de- definitely some fuzzy memory 
spots of of those four years. I I was not I was not a big Diamondback guy. I I, I will say that. I I know Alex is uh, you know Al, to Alex agree, yeah. to 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 a degree, but I, I'm not. Well, obviously not. Clearly, you're you're not you're not Diamondback material. That's that's, that's <laughs> obvious. That's why I post podcasts for this website and barely write for it. Yeah, right. No, I I uh you know I guess in terms of professional development when I was there, I I went more the intern route uh, I, I interned with the post and i interned with usa today and in the sun and in a, a couple other places so that was sort of uh that sort of laid the groundwork i i did some did some very basic stuff for, for the diamondback not, nothing really worth talking about so yeah the uh you know what, what got my foot in the door uh job wise at least when i graduated was uh was the internships that i had so what did you do with the sporting news up until the point where you became a hockey writer and now everything writer? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was hired to work on a product that no longer exists. This is uh, God. This it's crazy that that it was this long ago, but it was the summer of of two thousand eight. Uh, sporting news, uh, <laughs> we, and we I think everyone kind of realized it at the time, and it certainly kind of uh, played out this way. They they doubled down on print. They spent a lot of money on the on the magazine. They they sort of tried to emulate, you know. I'm sure this has a happy ending. Oh, dude. Oh, especially go. considering what happened a couple months later. <laughs> you got out of college at just the right time. Yeah. No, it, it was it was a it was a weird time to be to be looking for a job for sure. But they uh, you know, I, I think they saw a potential differentiation point and said, We're gonna spend a lot of money on the magazine and spend it on travel and get all these great access pieces. And there was a lot of good work done at Sporting News Magazine at, at that point uh, that has been completely lost to the ages because they were very against uh, putting it online. <laughs> so which is, you know, I, that's not, that should have been the mindset in 2008 anywhere. But for whatever reason, uh, that's, that, that's sort of the route stuff took there. And also as they sort of you know, authorized this big spend on the magazine. They also started uh, a daily, you know, basically PDF-based, uh, you know, newsletter type thing. It was it was like working on a newspaper every day. You know, it was it was sent to people's email addresses, you know, in kind of reader form uh, every morning. And I was hired as a copy editor for that. You know, I, I did I did web production and copy editing, and you know, sort of worked my way up through that. Ended up being the hockey editor uh, with Craig Custance, who writes for ESPN now. No, he apparently writes for ESPN. We don't know that because yeah, I've yeah. never read a single column of his. <laughs> yeah, right. No, Craig, yeah, Craig's Craig's a man, and if and if you have if you have insider access, you and enjoy hockey, you know his his stuff's as good as it gets. So I I sort of uh, I cut I cut my teeth working with him. Worked with Jesse Specter, who's covering baseball for for Sporting News now, and then uh, ended up as the full time hockey writer a couple years ago. Relocated for that. Moved from Charlotte, North Carolina, back to Pittsburgh. And then uh, stuff's mm-hmm. st- stuff's changed even yeah right stuff's changed even a little bit more since then I'm I'm covering covering a little bit more than hockey uh, now and you know here here we are that's you know n- whatever two two minutes worth of, uh, of 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 resume barfing from me uh, you have to tell the story about what happened to you in Chicago I think it was in Chicago right with yeah. the Stanley Cup final yeah. that was this was in June you have to tell the story of this it has nothing to do with Maryland but it's very entertaining and I want to hear it again. Oh boy, this this was this was rough. I, I this I, is nothing but just for my own indulgence. No, I, I I should I should preface this, and, I, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna start this out the same way that, that I started out the the thing that I wrote that I wrote in the wake of that you know disaster was I'm I'm sure you guys have had have had something comparable to this. Like you have 
I just went to Iowa have, City to cover Maryland football. That was a disaster. Yeah, or or, or more, you know, it, it, it was a recurring nightmare that, that, that I had, specifically about hockey. You know, I've, I've, I wrote, I've written about hockey for, for a few years now. The nightmare was that I was on the ice with the Stanley Cup whenever they do, you know, the the the, the post lap uh, access on the ice at, at the winning team's, you know, arena, and I the the dream was that I was I was down there uh, without a phone or without a recorder and like didn't have any way to do my job, on you know one of one of the bigger nights of the year for me, and uh, that actually came to pass. My phone was destroyed in a rainstorm. In Chicago, when I was walking from the train to the United Ste- the United Center, and uh, I, I had to I had to scramble and and figure out a way to, you know, do my job with a without a phone, which is which is brutal. Like that's that's not something you know. I'm I'm 29, you know, and any any professional development I've had over the last few years has been centered around <laughs> centered around using my iPhone for work. So I, I I couldn't tweet. I couldn't I couldn't you know do pretty much any, anything I wanted to do, and it was. It was a, it was a total clusterfuck, man. I I got I got dumped on by by the worst rainstorm I've ever seen in my life, and uh, narrowly narrowly made it out alive. But I I got a I got a pretty good pretty good clip out of it. It was uh, probably one, probably one of the better things I've written. Is is as sad as as sad as that is to say, but uh, no, I'm, I'm I made it out in one piece. So you know if, if something like that ever happens, if <laughs> if you ever get caught in, in a rainstorm in in Chicago, just 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 remember there's there's always a way out for sure. <laughs> And that was pretty fun. Well, I also told you the hockey media is awesome, but oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yes. That was that was really one of um, you know, like I said, I I, I sort of moved away from doing hockey strictly uh, over the last couple months. But that that was that's going to be maybe what I miss more than anything else. Honestly, it's the the hockey media is a great a, a great group of people, and I I had a lot of fun you know working that beat specifically for a, for a few years so so to get you know taken away from it a bit you know that's that's probably one of, one of the tougher parts of it for sure there there are a lot of good people over definitely there. makes a difference i think having good people working for other publications on the beat in terms of in terms of actually having fun when you're working there's no oh, doubt about it absolutely man and and when you're doing you know uh, especially like during playoff time or or whatever whenever you're in this in this environment where you know you're away from home for weeks and weeks at a time uh, it, it it helps to it helps to hang out with people you like honestly and it's 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 that sounds basic but I I think that's also not always the case there's a lot of there's a lot of environments there I, I think where you know maybe <laughs> maybe it's a bunch of guys you know catching planes and stuff together who don't really like each other but in, in my experience you know uh, over the last few years man it's it, it's it's a it's a lot of good people and that's that's important because it's it's a weird situation to be in and. You know, you 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 want to try to like some of these people about as much as you can. Yeah, absolutely. There will be more hockey talk eventually, but just not here because Maryland doesn't have a hockey program, even though they well they do, but they don't have a big hockey program, and they should. It would do gang. Actually, I want to talk about that quickly. Maryland doesn't have a hockey program, a big hockey program, as in D1. Uh, there were talks, or at least speculation, that Cole could be turned into an ice rink before they turned it into ter- Under Armour Performance Center U, whatever the heck they're calling it. Uh, how good would hockey do here as a D1 sport? It's never going to happen, but it's fun to theorize it. Mm-hmm. It's, interesting. it's an interesting question. I'll take a stab at it. I think yeah. that I think it would probably do pretty poorly um, just because take a look at how long it took the Washington Capitals to get a real foothold here, um, even with 
with hockey, I think especially in Northern Virginia and as far uh, west as Cumberland, Maryland being like reasonably popular. Um, I don't think that they really captured a lot of hearts and minds here until they got kind of a lightning bolt in whatever year Ovechkin came around, 04, um, but then there was a the lockout. So I, I just think it's tough. I don't, I don't think it's like a natural hockey market, and I don't think that that many of the kids here from Howard County, Maryland are all that excited about, or from Baltimore, Maryland, are all that excited about going and watching a Division One hockey team. You know, I mean, you never know. It could take time. I just think it would be a tough slog. Yeah, I, I, I pretty much agree with you, man. Um, but I, I, I will say this. Uh, you've seen a Penn State over the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Now, that's, that's, that comes with a huge, huge asterisk next to it, though, because it's bankrolled by, by Terry, Terry Pegula, who owns the Sabres, has more money than, than God, and he, you know, bankrolled that entire program. He got, he got a rink built. He, you know, built a legit, a legit D1 school. Uh, basically, from from the ground up. So I, I think you see there uh, what what it would take to create a program out out of nothing for sure. And it's it's a lot of it's a lot of effort and, it, and it's a lot of money and it would be a pretty big commitment. But I I will say um, about you know just just in, you know suburban DC hockey in general. Uh, there's there there are some good kids who are coming of age down there now. There's a there's a lot of really good 11 year olds, 12 year olds. I, I I know I know that sounds that sounds crazy, but you know, yeah, one of my five years. Yeah, right. One of my buddies. Uh, one one of my buddies is is uh, he's he's a coach. He's the coach at, at Central Catholic High School here, and is is the coach of a of you know one of the top 10 or 11 year old travel teams you know uh, in in the area, and. They consistently there's there, there's a really good team that's based in in uh, in Ashburn. There's a there's a good team that's based in Potomac. Like there's there are, there are kids playing hockey that are you know that there aren't a ton of teams. You're you're not going to see you know six teams like like from suburban Boston or, or Detroit or, or whatever. But there there's enough talent and there's enough kids playing down there that are in that kind of age range. The 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 kids who were you know five years old when whenever Ovechkin. Uh, you know, kind of came into the league or or, or whatever. Right, you know, where there is there is something of of a talent base there. Now, to to make it work, uh, you know, in in a meaningful D one way at, at the University of Maryland, that's that that's another issue entirely. It would it would take money, you know, that everyone, you know, present company included, would rather see diverted to, you know, football and hoops. So I I, I don't think it's impossible, but yeah, Matt or uh, Alex, like you said, I think it's also extremely unlikely. I do too, but it would have been fun to have it. I would have did, been did at every still, single game. Did they? Still, I I had a couple of buddies that played club. They still have that. Did they still yeah. play in Laurel? Did they still play in Laurel. Yeah. Yes. No, yeah. So yeah. Ask. That's funny. I saw them ask to get a play-by-play guy, stats guy, but I don't have a car. I would have done it if I had a car, but neither here nor there. <laughs> Maryland hired a football coach. We've talked quite a lot about it. Hopefully, you enjoyed the uh, Andy Hutchins and Anthony Broom podcast that we posted on Friday. Or Saturday. I don't remember when we actually posted it. But anyway, uh, like Alex, that. yeah, something like that. Alex, we haven't gotten your opinion on DJ Durkin, even though you were at the press conference and you tweeted before your goalie goal was to get on BTN. You were on BTN. So congratulations. So what do you think of DJ Durkin now, Maryland's 30 something head football coach? I'm also very I'm also very excited to, to hear this too, personally. Well, well, I was I was obviously thrilled to, to get on the Big Ten Network. Um, it's, it's not often not often you get a chance to, to have your voice heard by hundred thousand people like that at 11 in the morning on a Thursday <laughs> no no doubt so really a breakthrough for me in my career um but I actually uh so far I'm, I'm definitely 
buying what DJ Dirk and selling. I mean, how could you not, right? You know, the guy, the guy kind of checked all the boxes that you want in an introductory press conference. Um, and that was my first introductory press conference. So don't get me wrong. I'm not, not that versed in these things. And I was in high school um, the last time Kevin Anderson hired a coach, which is Randy Edsel, um, or a football coach rather. But um, he seems really passionate, really enthusiastic. Um, he's got a beautiful looking family that seems to be really excited to be here with him. And it's already, I know, getting pretty uh, engaged in the recruiting process, which I don't understand how these guys do it as much as they do and how their livelihoods depend on high school kids. And it just, it's just, it's so hard. Um, but you know, he, he was good enough for Jim Harbaugh and for Urban Meyer and he's saying the right things and doing the right things. So what can you say, but, but give the guy a chance. He was also good enough for Will Muschamp. True. Anyway, that's a, that's uh, a strike against him. It's actually a fair point. That is true. But, uh, he hired somebody recently. I think it's reported that he's hired somebody recently. I don't know how to pronounce his name, so I don't want to butcher it. Right. Uh, the, Cornerback Abdul, Abdul Rahim from, from Alabama. Was, yes. Yeah. Who has a lot of DMV connections. And one of the worries about hiring DJ Durkin was, or hiring any coach, was specifically what would happen to Mike Loxley because of his recruiting connections in the DMV. He was, or I think Andy Hutch had said it, the preeminent DMV recruiter. Yeah. But you're getting somebody who knows his stuff in the area, too. And DJ Durkin making that one of his first hires tells you quite a lot about what his plan is here. Yeah, I think it says it shows some open-mindedness because, you know, coaching in football and Sean I don't know if it's exactly the same in in hockey where there are smaller staffs I'd actually be curious to get get the view of that but football coaches I mean it's like when you change a football coach from from one head coach to another it's like changing presidential administrations I mean you're, you're bringing in just like an entire new crop of people um, from support staff to assistants all the way to the top um, and a lot of times coaches are going to bring just guys they know and, and that's about it um, I think it shows some impressive open-mindedness that he would go for somebody who is from D.C. and then was at Alabama who he ostensibly hasn't worked with very closely before. Um, so, yeah, it should, should be a good thing for Maryland, no doubt. Sean, would you like to comment on the hockey differences if you want to? Oh, yeah, it's, it's apples and oranges, honestly, man. I, I think the... I think I think the changing presidents analogy is is pretty apt for 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 a football program. Uh, hockey, it's it's the opposite. You know, you see that's always the first move in, in the NHL. You know, he's you've seen you've seen coaches fired already. You know, you had John Tortorella taking over for Columbus in, in the middle of the night a, a couple weeks ago. You know, I, I I think it's I think and I think that's because you know there are too many schematic differences uh, in in hockey. You know, everything is similar enough. You know there's and there's and there's less people involved it's a it's a smaller staff you know the they're not asked to do anything that's fundamentally different from coach to coach so it, it makes it easier to uh to you know can a guy and, and have that kind of be the 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 first move for sure sean what is your relationship with maryland sports i mean i've watched i've seen you tweet during maryland basketball games which is interesting because <laughs> it also comes with pit tweets in the middle of that so what is your relationship with maryland football and basketball I think a lot of it is, is informed by how mediocre both programs were uh, when I was when I was there. I mean, I, I was a I was a I was a Frisian guy for the most part. I was, you know, I I didn't I, I would have rather I I understand why why they fired him obviously, but I, I was also remember I, I was out of school by by the time that happened. I was you know twenty twenty three or twenty four when whenever whenever Edsel was hired, uh, but I I was I was anti Edsel from from the drop. I uh, I grew up as a as a big Pitt Panther fan, and I watched. Same. I, yeah, exactly. I, I watched Edsel coach, and I'm I'm sure you remember this too. 
Yep. Uh, Alex, I watched him coach a lot of mediocre ass uh, UConn teams, and he just kind of cut he, he he cut the sort of cloth that doesn't that doesn't personally draw me in, you know, with his pseudo pseudo military, you know, ultra disciplinarian kind of thing. So, I was I was not thrilled when whenever they hired him. And uh, you know, last season aside, I he didn't do much. He didn't do much to change my mind. I, I I'd said it before. I, I needed, you know, personally, I needed there to be a I needed there to be a coaching change uh, before I before I could personally buy in, uh, buy in again because Edsel, you know, for reasons both football and, and non, uh, just just didn't really do it for me. But yeah, man, I'm I'm ready for Dirk, and I'm I'm down I'm down with that for sure. What about basketball? Because obviously everybody in Maryland has a better relationship with basketball than they do football for fairly obvious reasons. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, I I uh, I'm, I was just like anybody else, man. I was huge huge Grievous fan. I I think he you know he was a year a year behind me uh, in, in Maryland, and I think you know there was some he he won me over very very quickly after after not really understanding maybe what what the dude was about. And he, for me, was sort of like the the definitive athlete of uh, of, of of my time there, and it was it was fun to watch. But I, I also I also you know was was out of there by by the time he, he kind of hit his peak. So like uh, like I said, I was there. Uh, my my freshman year was 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 in the fall of two thousand four. So I was there for the post ACC, uh, the the the, the post ACC hoops championship. You know where the title I mean with. With uh, you know John Gilchrist and DJ Strawberry and Nick Caner Medley and Mike Jones and all, all these guys who came in and did and did big things when they were underclassmen, and it just didn't really work out for them, uh, you know, it, the 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 way people kind of hoped that it would. So that was that was sort of the the, the defining kind of characteristic for for me as far as Maryland Maryland athletics was. But I you know I I was still I was still diehard. I, I went to all the games. I've I've always I've always kept up, you know, re- really closely with with both programs, but. You know, at the same time, I, I was always wary of Edsel, and I, I I needed him to, you know, God 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 bless him, but I I needed him to disappear, but before I could, you know, really buy back in completely. And surprisingly, so yeah, go ahead. And surprisingly, Syracuse didn't hire him. They hired the yeah, complete was, opposite, which is very yeah. strange. But anyway, I want to talk to you, Sean, because we had a little Twitter. It wasn't a Twitter argument; it was a discussion during I think Maryland North Carolina about Maryland and the ACC. Now you caught. <laughs> Maryland in the time when the ACC was expanding, but was still kind of the ACC. Mm-hmm. I had one, Alex and I had one year of that. And then we had the Maryland and Pitt, our rivals ACC. Yeah, that was a great year. That's a then, storied, that's a storied rivalry. What a slugfest. Uh, it, it, it's really a rivalry only for you two in your heads. That's I went to both it. games. I went to the one in Pittsburgh. And yeah, I was, I was at, let's see, when was it? That was two years ago. I had moved back up here. Yeah, so I, I wasn't visiting. I, I was living here whenever whenever Maryland and Pitt played, and I, I was I, I was there for sure. And so we had the discussion about that, and then Maryland moves to the Big Ten, and you can't really wrap your head around Maryland to the Big Ten for not obvious reasons, but sentimental reasons, I guess. Explain yeah. that because Alex and I, I think, have different opinions with Maryland and the ACC. Yeah, I I think there's two sides of the coin here. I, I think. From a rational standpoint, uh, I, I I was completely on board. You know, we all remember how the uh, how the athletic department was hemorrhaging money, and you know they've it, it, the the move made sense for for a lot of different reasons. But you also got to remember, you know, I'm I'm 29 years old, and I and I I grew up at, at a time where, especially hoops wise, man, Big Ten was a slog. It was it was boring 
boring basketball, maybe not bad basketball because you had, you, you had, you know, uh, Izzo, Izzo was, was doing stuff and, you know, in, Indiana was good for, for a couple of those years, but it just wasn't, it wasn't really, uh, it, it, it wasn't my cup of tea. And then, and then you throw in the, in the Penn state element and, and Matt or uh, Alex, I'm, I mean, shit, you, you can speak to this. You're a, you're, you're a pit fan. You know, I, I, I can't stand Penn state. I've never, I've, I've never, I've never been able to stomach Penn State. Well, I'm pretty well, sure a lot of people here agree with you, for sure. But, yeah, but I, mean, I have an interesting thought about that. You finish up, and then I'll, I'll, I'll expound. Yeah. So there was, uh, you know, I, I was just sort of anti Big Ten for reasons that weren't entirely rational. Like, like I said, I, I get, I, I get why it happened. It was, it was a totally necessary move. But you know, I, I have that kind of baked into my DNA where Big Ten schools are a obnoxious. And, and they and they play and they play shitty basketball. So that's that that's sort of, you know, that's that that's not really the case anymore. I'm I'm totally on board, but I'm still I'm still all, all about t- taking digs at the, at the conference if if and when you know the situation calls for it. Yeah, I think Penn State makes for like I, I sort of feel similarly, although I never when I grew up I and mean, I guess I'm I'm like eight years behind you, so I never really saw my childhood team Pitt play Penn State. Um, because they, Joe, do Joe next Paterno, they do next year, but Joe Paterno got scared of it because he didn't want to lose to Pitt because he was a better recruiter and he didn't want to, he didn't want to give Pitt any leverage on the trail. But the idea was that I think Penn State like makes a pretty good villain um, because they're sort of they have that whole like you know well, giant state, giant state school sort of sanctimonious ethos that's just like pretty easy to get after if you want to. I and mean, there are a lot of great things about Penn State. I mean, it's a pretty good school. Um, you know, albeit one with a, a drastically slashed budget because of the way things have been in Pennsylvania mm-hmm. over the last five years or so. But, but it's you know, it's it's not like doesn't ever, it's never seemed to me like a horrible place. And in a way, I think being in a conference with Penn State is like sort of fun just because you know everyone does feel this way and, and oh, yeah, Penn State totally. doesn't feel that way around. So you know, I, I think it, it's probably been pretty fun. Yeah, no, I I have I I agree with you for sure. And you know, this is this is totally from a sports standpoint. This is. Nothing to do with uh, with any, yeah. any any Sandusky related stuff. We just need, need need to throw that out the window because you know that's this all this started long before that. But like when I say that I don't like Penn State, um, Paterno doesn't you know P- Paterno killing the pit rivalry and stuff that that doesn't really enter the purview for me either because you know when when was the last time they played? I, it was I, I mean I was I was I, I was a little kid. I was at 10, 11, like I, I don't know, it was, it was probably 97 or 98 I, I, or if, you know, if not if not before that. So any any dislike I have for Penn State, it is easy to funnel it into, you know, a more rivalry kind of focused thing. You know, it, it's I don't like Penn State because people who I went to high school with that I didn't like went to Penn State. And, and I, I'm over here too. Yeah, right. And maybe that's yeah. what happened in South Jersey. Yeah, right. But but like there's it, even more. And, and I'm, look, I'm I'm not I'm not saying that that everyone who goes to Maryland is is you know smart and charismatic and cool because that's that's certainly not true. But there was something particularly obnoxious, you know, the my first two years or first couple years in school where you you, you see kids go to Penn State and then they come back and they're and they're talking about on and all this all this bullshit there's this like weird sort of uh you know back, back then this this weird sort of brainwashing thing that, that went on and i i think i think alex i think you nailed it there's like an element of holier than thou uh obnoxious sort of stuff that goes on there so that's why i don't like penn state it's 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 not even really lingering 
you know, lingering animus from, from, from Paterno or anything. Like it's, it's very, very personal. Like people who get on my nerves when I went to school there. So, so I, so I rooted for them to do badly. Well, I think it translates now as Maryland fans, we kind of have, well, not, not in basketball because Penn state basketball isn't even worth discussing, but in football, at least channeling that emotion into creating sort of a rivalry. And we saw it at Penn state. I still love that. I'm going to tell my kids about what Maryland did that in the first meeting as big 10 conference mates, because that was awesome. I still don't, I, I, I'm still going to love that. It's one of the worst games I've ever seen. It was so much fun. It was, it was, it was, it was, no, it was, it was dramatic and kind of fun at the end, but like the quality of play, I mean, oh my goodness, like it was, it was like watching Iowa and Iowa State. I mean, <laughs> Which again, Spencer Hall termed El Asico. It was basically the same thing, but I'll always be able to tell my kids that Stefan Diggs refused to shake the hands of Penn State players and then won and got you know suspended for it. Sean, have you ever had the, the, the pleasure of covering a game at Penn State? No, I've I've only the been there a handful of times, food, man. The press box food is is on a different playing field than other other press press venues I've experienced. The, that, the best I've ever had. That matters. That's a major. That's it a does major, matter. That's yeah, a, we don't. Like, I don't make enough major, money not to that's consider. A major, that. Dude, I I trust me. I I don't either. I was just at, I was at uh I was at Heinz Field last night for, for Steelers Colts. I was I was covering that and you know NFL games. You know, in, in my limited experience covering them, I really hadn't done that in, until this year. Holy hell, you you to talk about elite forward in terms of press, <laughs> quality of press box food. Holy shit, man! I went I went from eating you know uh, you know goldfish and 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 little you know rolled gold pretzels in the in the Penguins box, and here at the Steelers at the Steelers games, there's carving stations and. You know, all, all all sorts of stuff, man. So yeah, I'm I'm all about it, man. I'm a, I'm an easy mark. You throw me you you throw me some good food. I'm I'm gonna feel a lot better about your organization overall. <laughs> Alex, you don't love the 30 minutes before the basketball tip off Chick Fil A chicken nuggets? I actually do. I I'm, that's I think that's that's about the pinnacle of what, of what we do. I actually really enjoy it. But I will say that I'm with Sean. I think I think it's a pretty easy way to get me to write positively about about your entity. It's just to you know, be be kind of be kind of on point with what you're doing in terms of the press box meal. I, I don't know why poor teams don't do that. Spend more money on the press box food. You got the journos in your lap. And if you, it, yeah, it, it doesn't even need to be. It doesn't even need to be like a full spread. Like like if you just come up with something that's cool and memorable, like you like people will eat out of your hands. Like absolutely. Like, here's a, here's a, here's a great example. The Blackhawks have a case up in the press box of like Hagen Dazs. Uh, Ice, I guess like ice cream bars. They're not ice cream sandwiches, but yeah, they're like they're they're like ice cream bars. They have they have a they have a big cooler of of them up there. The the, the rest of the food is fine, you know, maybe nothing to write home about. But you know, it's it's nice it's nice to go to Chicago and know that yeah, dude, I'm I'm gonna get a free a free ice cream bar that would cost eleven bucks or whatever if if, if I buy yeah. them in the store. I yeah, can't I, even imagine. Yeah, simple. It sounds delicious. Uh, the best press box food I've had in my limited experience was Washington. I did get carved a. Uh, beef brisket when I was at Iowa on Halloween. That wasn't terrible, but didn't have enough time to eat it. But, but you anyway, see, if I to Iowa, I would expect something relating to corn. There you know, was I would, plenty I would like of corn to be stuff. I just didn't something eat it. memorable about it. Yeah, and in Boston, it, and then we, we can stop talking about. <laughs> about well, we need to move on to basketball, but in Boston, finish your point. point very, very quickly, I and I I was not I was not present for this. Sadly, I, I was I was not traveling for the for the series. It was the Boston Vancouver. Uh, cup final back in 2011, I believe. Yes. And and they had lobster in Boston, and it was the most obnoxious shit in the world because because everyone was like very was all the, all the people covering it were being very smug about 
you know, stuff in their face with with free lobster every night. And I was, I was. They also was, got to cover the best Stanley Cup final in the last like ten years. And, so. a, and a riot for that matter. And was, a riot too. It was, it was a big couple weeks for a, some. People. Ask our friend Jeff Barrick about that. He'll be glad to tell you about covering the hockey games for CBC while there's a riot going on behind him. That was very entertaining. Anyway, enough inside hockey stuff. Maryland is playing Connecticut tonight. When you see this, it will be tonight. Uh, Maryland throttled whoever they played on Saturday I could, or Friday. I completely forgot who they played. St. Francis of Pennsylvania. Thank yes, thank you for reminding me. They play Maryland Eastern Shore on Saturday. I should know that because I'm calling the game. But yeah, Maryland plays yeah. UConn, and this is really their last game for a month where they're going to be in any sort of challenge because after it, I believe it's Maryland Eastern Shore, then Princeton, Marshall, Penn State at Northwestern. Could be mildly tricky. And then Rutgers before they go to Wisconsin. So this is a pretty important game for Maryland to kind of reassert their focus Get back on the winning track against big teams because they're going to beat everybody else after that until the Wisconsin game. And again, they're going to test themselves, and it's at Madison Square Garden. It's a difficult game, and it's a big atmosphere. So, Alex, Maryland's played two games already against Georgetown and North Carolina in big atmospheres. Do you think the third time they're going to start out fast in a game like this? Because their other two, they started pretty slowly. I don't know. The, the thing about um, starting fast is that I just don't get it at all. I don't understand how you're supposed to predict if a team's going to start fast or not. Um, because it feels like it feels like it's just such a such a crapshoot to guess. Um, I don't know. I, mean, I really I wish you, you would like to see ideally, um, you know, Maryland not go down like ten points in the first four minutes, like before the first TV timeout. Um, but Connecticut is pretty good, I and mean, I think Maryland overall should be okay here. But um, you know, in terms of the, the fast start, fifty fifty. Who knows? So what about the matchup? How does Maryland match up against UConn? I mean, I think they match up okay because Maryland just, you know, one through five um, is more talented than pretty much everybody. But Connecticut's got some really good players um, and consistently finds ways to win basketball games over the years. Um, I really like their center, uh, who was on their national championship team a couple of years ago, uh, Amita Brima. I think I'm pronouncing that right. The guy has the best block rate in the country. He's just the seven-footer who just swats everything, uh, and he's shooting like 72% from the field. Um, so that's, that's tough. I mean, I'm sure he's going to be pretty frustrating for Maryland to deal with. Um, Sean, you of course remember Ashton Gibbs from his time at Pitt. His I was, I was, was going to say, man, you got, you got Sterling Gibbs yeah, you guys in, little his, brother there. in his, in his eighth college year or whatever. In his like 12th college and I believe that he was a Terry Williams commit. He was, he was, he, he, I, I, I remember that well. He was, uh, he was a Gary commit for a while too. And he ended up. He ended up bailing. Yeah, so he he went he went from Maryland commit to, to Seton Hall. Now he's I guess I assume he's a, he's a grad transfer. Yeah, he uh, must be. UConn, right? But Connecticut yeah. Connecticut makes its living on having guys who have been in school for like thirty years at a time. I see Ryan Boatwright a couple of years ago. Um, I think he might have only been for four years. He was someone yeah. who always felt to me like he was there for like at least at least a CJ Brown tenure. <laughs> um, CJ Brown, Seneca Valley's finest. Yeah, 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 no doubt. <laughs> Alex did not like to – Alex always liked to remind us that he came from Pittsburgh. It's, yeah. a, it's a constant thing on this on this website. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. No no Philly mentions. No Philly mentions for DJ Moore, but a lot of Pittsburgh mentions. I don't have as much influence here as I'd like to. Uh, but regardless of that, do you he's think from, Maryland wins? He's, he's from like 45 minutes out, outside of the city. Yeah. Uh, well, it depends on the kind of game he's having if you want to play. Exactly. 
I'm, de- I'm, I'm depicted technically from 30 minutes outside of Philadelphia, so I'm not really an example of the breed, but I call them, ho- I call sandwich, the uh, Subway sandwiches hoagies. So there you, go. there you have it. So I am from Philadelphia. So Alex, getting all of this wrapped up into a bow, do you think Maryland beats UConn? I think so, but it's going to be really close. Um, I think it's funny because I think uh, Ken Pomeroy, who I subscribe we, to, uh, and, and who our, our commenters and Matt Allentuck loves. Yeah, he's he's him. he's a god to me, Ken Palmer. I'd love to meet him in some in some press box somewhere. That'd be great. But um, the, he has it at fifty one forty nine in Maryland's favor. Um, so you know the the percentage chance to win a one point game. I think that could be pretty close. Um, UConn's really good. They've lost to Gonzaga, uh, which is great, and Syracuse, which is probably pretty good. Um, though obviously it doesn't matter so much how good Syracuse is because you know, but um. Because of the, because of the the sanctions they have, if they're still in effect, but uh, Jim Beheim, as we speak, isn't coaching. Yeah, so right, so you know they they've played some good teams, pretty tough. They beat Michigan, so it'll be a tough game. I think Maryland wins, but don't hold me to it. Son, what do you think about this team? Can it win the national title? Can it finish better in the NCAA tournament than Pitt, which assumes that Pitt <laughs> is going to get there, which I don't think they will. I I, I hope so because I I feel like if if. If the Terps don't finish <laughs> better than, than than the Panthers, because I, Pitt's I, I out before the Elite something. Eight just by by the law of how Pitt goes. So that would yeah, be that's terrible. I got burned by that too many times. Yeah, tournament. it's it's a it's physical. There's some sort of physical impossibility for for them to advance. You know, past it's the, the Scotty Reynolds effect. Oh my oh God. God! Don't don't even don't <laughs> don't even bring that up, dude. I I, rem- I remember to win the national that, title that year. Yeah, I remember watching that game on on the copy desk at at, at SN, and that was it. I I <laughs> that was that was the worst in a, in a in a long line of crushing defeats, but for by Pitt basketball for sure. I think that was number one ahead of Donatus uh, Savaskis taking off when his he, shoes when he, yeah, against when, the way to Marquette when he flipped out and, and and took off his shoes on the bench. Yeah. <laughs> What else? I I was uh the, the other the other really good one too. I was uh, <laughs> yeah, I know what this is. I was in high school, so I was like probably I was probably fourteen or fifteen. They lost to Kent State <laughs> at Mellon Arena to Antonio Gates. He he was their best player at. Yeah 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 power forward. Yes, on uh, undersized undersized power forward, great hands, so solid footwork, very slow, couldn't jump. Uh, and and some dude, his name was Trevor something. He he was exactly what you think. He was like. A six-two white dude who could who could shoot out to like thirty-five feet, and they were. The, so in other words, we would have hated him oh, totally and utterly if he played for Duke. Right. Completely, yeah. completely. and they and they were the only two players that they had. I think Pitt was Ben Howland was still there. I think they were a two or three seed, and and uh, and they 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 they, did, they didn't make it out of the out of the you know second round or whatever it was. It was horrible. It's we probably worth pointing team. out Nasir Robinson fouling that guy from Butler too. <laughs> no. Oh God, I'm not that too. Dude, yeah, when, when, Mar- when, when Pitt loses, it, it loses, man. It loses. They don't. They don't. <laughs> well, and, and then we get, and Bradley. Bradley was a good one with Pat with Pat. Yeah, yeah, Bradley was a good one. Brian. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. This has become the Pitt Panthers. Uh, boss, Pacific yeah. with Dermaya Yango the one year. As in, 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 yeah, dude. I got I got a chronicle of of Pitt and so. I'm telling you, man. This, I'm, I'm I'm telling you, there is there is. I'm so I'm so glad that I found you, Alex, because it's, it's really. <laughs> Soulmate, you two are soulmate. Dude, it's like being being a, a combo pit Maryland athletics fan is brutal. Like I I don't I don't think I I could have picked two worse programs to. No, it's it's heartbreak oh, only. Oh, it, except except for this, you know. Uh, fin- except yeah, for when they fingers suck. Crossed. Fingers crossed. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Except for when they're terrible. But I have to say, Sean, one more thing before we go. Yeah. Exp- you have to explain Fall Out Boy to people. 
I was waiting until the end to be to be nice to you because we're friends. Are you just gonna stiff the readers on their questions too? There were a handful. There were, there were, but they uh, were, they were all, all, they were all, they were all, they were all, as I said, they were all what you would expect. They were all, they were all Jagoff questions for the most part. Sean knows, Sean knows. Yeah. So explain Fallout Boy to everybody before we go. Because oh, dude, there's nothing, there's nothing to explain. It was some, some sort of, I, I, I guess I joked about it at some point. I said that I was, I was briefly in Fallout Boy as, as, as the second, as a second guitarist, and it, it completely. Uh, it completely took on a life of its own to the point where I guess people believed it because I'm like I'm like the right age, sort of. They recorded their first album in College Park. Yeah, is that is that is that, is that true? I think so. Um, At least on Wikipedia it was true. It all it all made it all made sense. Like the 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 timelines kind of kind of worked out right. I, I I talk about I talk about music like that on a pretty regular basis. So. People ran with it to the point where I don't I don't know if this is still the case, but it was like it was at one point the second autofill on Google behind <laughs> my name. It was like it was it was like Sean Gentilly Twitter, Sean Gentilly Sporting News, Sean Gentilly Fallout Boy. Like that was that was the th- that was the third thing that came up. Like people one hundred percent believed it, and and and, and I and, and I I accidentally egged it on too because I I thought people were just were just busting my balls about it you know saying like oh yeah you were in Fall Out Boy yeah, like yeah I was like yeah totally of course I was and and, <laughs> and 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 I think people actually people actually believed it I think I I, I perpetrated a hoax and uh, you know it, it still follows me around a little bit and it didn't help you when think the you know mops <laughs> and it didn't uh, it didn't help when the mops infiltrated every single NHL yeah. arena in 2013 yes. and that was- that made Sean Gentilly's life a living hell. Yep, it was anytime and anytime that song was played. It, it actually, I shouldn't say was. Anytime, any, there's a pretty good chance that if that if that song plays during a televised sporting event, like you're gonna hear about it. I'm gonna hear about it for sure. So I'm surprised you haven't heard enough about Uma Thurman yet. Yeah, that for whatever reason that 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 one hasn't that one hasn't quite caught on. But yeah, just thank the Lord for that. Just remember, <laughs> remember. And and take and take stock of the of the inside jokes that you kind of cultivate because they could they could follow you around for a while for sure. And, I, and we know Alex Kirshner is going to have a lot of them following him around in whatever field he ends up being in. Even as a lawyer on the bench, you're going to have somebody tweeting, uh, giving you an inside joke from Testudo Times, which would be hilarious. I hope so. <laughs> what a podcast! We talked not as much about Maryland as we did about other stuff, <laughs> but it was I expected this with Sean on because we know each other pretty well, and I. He's an awesome guy. He's one of my favorite people to follow on Twitter. So entertaining. Uh, but I, I love this show. This was one of the most fun I've ever had doing one of these shows. And I knew it was coming because of Sean. When Alex, you told me that Sean was going to be on the show, I'm like, no, you didn't really. Because oh, I, <laughs> I, I was planning I on did. doing, I was planning on asking him myself. But then I figured, you know, at some point I was going to. But then you said you were doing it. And I'm like, oh, that makes too, too much sense. Two Pittsburgh, Maryland guys. Yeah. It's the, yeah. It's the, it's the, holy, it's the holy alliance, I guess. Or unholy alliance, depending. Yeah, on we'll that. have we'll have Perry Hills on the next episode. Yes, we will have. Oh, that would be fun. C- Central Catholic baby, that's yeah. that's that's where I went to school. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure, man. Oh, I, I was yeah, Alex. Whenever you whenever you come up for Christmas or whatever, we gotta gotta hit up a Central Lebo poops game or something. If that's happening, absolutely, <laughs> dude. I, I, if if dude, it, we can I, put that on SB Nation, the Sporting News, I lead, could, lead both websites with it. Yeah, seriously, man. I I couldn't I couldn't tell you if, if it's happening or not, but. If it is, man, we'll uh, we'll we'll be there, and and Matt, we'll uh, 
We'll 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 text you obnoxious stuff. Uh, yes, you will. Yes, you will. I uh, know you're going to start your own podcast talking about the travails of being Pitt and Maryland fans <laughs> at the same time. I, I will subscribe to that podcast, ladies and gentlemen. You should all subscribe to that podcast because the amount of pain they will put together in 25 minutes will be enough to satisfy every sadist. And that that doesn't even get that doesn't even get to the pirates. So no, yeah, no, 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 no. Uh-huh. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. Oh, Sean's stuff when the pirates made the playoffs for the first time was pretty entertaining too. But again. We've, we've gone on for quite a bit. Sean, thank you for joining us and indulging us. Or maybe we were indulging you. Yeah, I, I, I think it was I, I think it was a, a mutual kind of symbiotic thing we had going here for sure. It was, uh, it's, it's been good. Senior. Alex, have you had the most fun you've ever had on the Testudo Times podcast? <laughs> Absolutely. What a Monday. What a Monday. This has been a great Monday. It's going to be the, Tuesday when you listen to it. Well, it is. And the Cowboys and potato, Washington Potatoes haven't even played a football game yet as we're recording this. We still have that to go to tonight. Man. This is going to be a great night. Thank you for listening. Sorry if this was a little bit of a different podcast, but you got some hard stuff from us. Three shows last week, so you got to forgive our indulgence for a bit. We will be back soon uh, when Alex isn't done taking finals, I think. Uh, but of course, go Terps. And Pitt Panthers, apparently, because you're still being on the show. Thank you.